Today, the 12th of December, we have two significant observances on our liturgical calendar. Because this is the 12th of December, no matter what day of the week it falls on, today is the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, a celebration of the appearance of the Blessed Virgin Mary to the humble Juan Diego on Tepeyac Hill, which brought about the conversion of an estimated 9 million Aztecs to the Christian faith. And it is on the regular calendar of Sundays throughout the liturgical year, the third Sunday of Advent. In addition to this sermon, encouraging our looking forward to and preparing for the day of Christ's return, I've recorded a sermon for the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and a link to that sermon will be posted for anybody who wishes to hear it as well. Here and now, however, we will turn our attention to preparing ourselves for the return of Jesus in what will be his second advent. In our passage for today, John the Baptist opens his comments with the large crowds that were going out to hear him preach, You brood of vipers! That is definitely not how young men training for ministry today are taught to start their sermons. You brood of vipers is not a welcoming first words of your message. Such language will certainly be a challenge to anybody's church growth efforts. But John follows up his you brood of vipers greeting with who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Today we would expect those in the pews to leave after being called snakes or vipers, and if anybody had still been sitting there after that greeting, they would certainly be headed towards the door when the preacher implied that they were only trying to flee from wrath. But they stayed. Not only did they stay, John the Baptist drew huge crowds to listen to his message, a message that warned them that they were getting ready to be cut down and thrown into a lake of fire. The Gospel according to St. Matthew tells us that the people of Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Why why were the people willing to put up with what today we would consider such abusive language and harsh treatment? Why did John the Baptist draw in such large crowds? Because the people knew that the promises of the world were empty. Tax collectors, the richest of the people, and also the most hated, knew that the riches of the world had left them cold. The soldiers, the Roman occupying force, realized that the peasants of this strange place called Israel were not the enemies of Rome, and their being there only made the place worse. The large crowds who had enjoyed some of what Rome had brought in the way of technology realized that they had lost their freedom in the process, and they were, in effect, serving this false god named Caesar. The tax collectors, the soldiers, the large crowds of regular people all understood that their lives were not what it should be. So they questioned John the Baptist, what are we supposed to do? How do we get out of this trap we have put ourselves in? And John answered, Repent, turn yourself around and start moving towards the kingdom of God, and bear fruit in keeping with repentance. It is not enough to say I am a Christian because I believe what is right to believe. 
St. James in his epistle tells us that even the demons believe and shudder, and then goes on to say, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Therefore, when John the Baptist tells the people to repent and then bear the fruit of repentance, he tells them what that fruit is. Whoever has two coats needs to share with the person who has none. Whoever has food must share with those who do not. Tax collectors only collect what is authorized. Soldiers, do your duty in a way which is honorable and without threats against the people. In other words, do not harm anybody and help alleviate the suffering that others are experiencing. And the passage closes with many other exhortations, with many other encouragements to the people. John preached the good news. With that, the question of the crowds, what then shall we do, becomes our Advent question. How do we prepare for the return of Christ? What then shall we do? We who do not want to be called a brood of vipers or think about the wrath to come are still in positions much like those of the crowds who went to hear John the Baptist. When we stop to look at how the world wants for us to live, striving for the material and physical pleasures as marks of success, we can see that those are prizes that will leave us feeling empty. They turn our attention away from God and his kingdom. The message of be sure to look out for number one is an attempt to make us each the God of our own lives, but we are not gods, and when we listen to the world suggesting that we are, we will only disappoint ourselves. That is why there are so many people out there constantly desiring the next big thing. More money, more stuff, bigger house for the more stuff. It is a constant search for something that will give meaning. When meaning does not come from the created, it comes from the creator. We are the children of God, and God, through John the Baptist, calls us to act like it. Help the impoverished. Feed the hungry. Reduce the suffering you see in the world. Repent, travel towards the kingdom of God, and bear the fruit of that repentance. Amen.